This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to episode 51 of AFF On Air and the final episode for this year. It's Saturday the 12th of December 2020 and I'm your host, Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode, Virgin Australia has released a status match and a new status extension offer for Gold and Platinum Velocity members. And as more states reopen their borders, more planes are now returning to the skies. Later, I'll chat to Virgin Australia pilot Chris Bornellis, who's just been called back to work after being stood down for most of this year. And it's safe to say that Chris is very excited to be flying again. That's coming up later in the episode, but first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. And first of all, there's been some really good news on the subject of Australian state borders over the past fortnight. As of this morning, there's now only one state border left in the country that's still closed. At this point, travellers from South Australia to Western Australia still have to self-isolate for 14 days after arriving in Western Australia. But that's now the only state border that is closed. Other than that, Australians can now travel more or less freely between all other states. And if there are no further community transmission cases in South Australia, um, the border between there and Western Australia will reopen on Christmas Day. Western Australia finally reopened to New South Wales and Victoria last Tuesday, and Queensland has reopened at the start of this month to all of New South Wales and Victoria as well. You may still need to complete a border form when travelling interstate within Australia, but at least most states now no longer require travellers to quarantine for 14 days on arrival. And with state route borders reopened and Christmas on the way, airlines have seen a surge in demand for domestic travel. They responded by reinstating many of the flights that had been cancelled earlier in the year. Unfortunately, there is still some uncertainty about borders staying open. The premiers of Queensland and Western Australia in particular have boasted that they wouldn't hesitate to slam their borders shut again if they have to. Let's hope they don't. International travel remains off the cards for now, but there has been some good news on the vaccine front this week with the Pfizer vaccine starting to be rolled out in the UK this week. All going well, the federal government believes the vaccine could be rolled out in Australia from next March. But that doesn't necessarily mean regular international travel would be able to resume quite so quickly. Department of Health Secretary Professor Brendan Murphy was asked about this after yesterday's National Cabinet meeting, and here's what he told reporters. I think we still don't know uh, what the vaccines will do in terms of complete prevention of transmission of the virus. So the vaccines can prevent disease. We know that very clearly. The extent to which they will effectively prevent, for example, asymptomatic transmission or people bringing the virus with them when they travel, we still have to find out. So this is an evolving place and there may well come a a time when we have evidence that vaccines are very good at preventing people contracting the infection. In that circumstance, it may be appropriate to allow quarantine-free travel. But this is an evolving space and we just have to watch and wait as it develops. I think think over the course of next calendar year, as we get more and more information on more and more vaccines, we'll have a much clearer picture. So for now, it looks like we'll just have to be patient. At this point, it does look like international travel restrictions will be relaxed at some point next year, once vaccines are widely available. But how exactly the vaccine or uh, vaccines work will have an impact on that. 
Back with domestic travel, and as airlines start to put back on more flights, they've also been reopening domestic airport lounges. As of now, Qantas has already opened 30 of its 35 domestic airport lounges. That includes all of the chairman's lounges, which reopened last week. The Qantas clubs in Melbourne and Canberra are still closed, although passengers at those ports are just being sent to the business class lounge for now. And the other three Qantas lounges that are still closed are the Qantas clubs in Rockhampton, Port Hedland and Darwin. The Rockhampton and Port Hedland lounges will reopen when construction work at those airports is completed, but it will be a while, unfortunately, until the Darwin lounge is back online. During the lockdown earlier this year when the Northern Territory border was closed and very few people were travelling, Darwin Airport decided to save money by switching off the air conditioning system for a few months. Now if anyone's been to Darwin you'll know how humid it is and and hot and humid it is up there and as a result the Qantas Club in Darwin became infested with mould and it now has to be gutted and rebuilt. Virgin Australia has already reopened its Brisbane lounge and will reopen its Sydney and its Melbourne lounges next Tuesday. Virgin also says it will soon reopen its lounges in the Gold Coast, Perth and Adelaide, but it hasn't given a timeline for that and the Canberra lounge, as we know, is still under review. Regional Express Airlines, or Rex, has started selling tickets on its new Sydney to Melbourne flights. Rex has just received its first ex-Virgin Australia Boeing 737-800 and it completed a test flight between Sydney and Melbourne this week to satisfy safety regulators. Rex plans to have three 737 aircraft operating by the 1st of March next year when it will launch nine daily flights between Sydney and Melbourne. Fares are on sale for $79 and above in economy class and from $299 for business class between Sydney and Melbourne. And these fares include checked baggage and food on board, even though they're just slightly higher than Jetstar prices. Rex plans to then launch Sydney to Brisbane flights in April. If you've got a stack of Qantas points sitting there but can't travel overseas, there's another new option for you to redeem those points with the launch of a partnership between Qantas and a company called Journey Beyond. Now that's the operator of iconic Australian railway journeys like the Indian Pacific from Sydney to Perth, the Great Southern from Adelaide to Brisbane, and the GAN from Adelaide to Darwin via Alice Springs. You can now earn one Qantas point per dollar spent with Journey Beyond. But perhaps more excitingly, you can also now redeem your Qantas frequent flyer points for something that's called Classic Rail Rewards on the Indian Pacific, Great Southern and the GAN. Qantas Classic Rail Rewards, like Classic Flight Rewards, will cost a fixed number of points and are subject to availability. But to give you an idea, it costs now... 125,000 Qantas points for a gold single cabin ticket on the GAN from Adelaide to Alice Springs. And that's compared to a regular fare of $1,599. The cheapest redemption is a ticket on the Indian Pacific from Adelaide to Sydney, which costs 100,000 Qantas points. Now, this may seem expensive, and it is, but if you listen to episode 27 of this podcast, which is all about the Indian Pacific, you'll know that these trains are luxury travel experiences. They're not just regular commuter trains, as well as a bed in a private cabin on board the train, all meals, drinks, including alcoholic drinks, and off-train excursions are included in that. Qantas appears to be considering a new membership tier for its Points Club program, which was launched in March this year. 
Qantas, uh, and with this with its points club program, there's currently the points club level, which requires 150,000 points a year to earn, and then points club plus, which you get when you earn uh, at least 350,000 points a year, most of those being on the ground. Now, in a recent survey sent to points club members, Qantas asked for feedback on a range of topics, including the value of the existing benefits and some possible new benefits. And in this survey, Points Club Plus members were also asked for their opinions on a new tier above the current Points Club Plus level that Qantas is proposing to launch. The new top Points Club tier would be very difficult to achieve, intentionally so, with Qantas suggesting that members might have to earn 800,000 points or more in in a year in at least seven different ways to reach this level. Alternatively, members might have to earn 900,000 points or even have to earn and redeem a combined total of a million Qantas points in a year to earn this level. But the benefits of a new ultra-elite points club tier would also be much more compelling than the current points club plus perks. Proposed benefits include complimentary Qantas Business Lounge membership, which doesn't actually exist at the moment, four first-class lounge invitations, $250 vouchers for both Qantas Wine and Qantas Hotels, free travel insurance, and Avis President's Club membership. Members would also have the opportunity to roll over up to 200 surplus status credits into the next membership year, up from the current 100 status credits which Points Club Plus members can currently roll over. And Flybys has introduced a new auto-transfer feature for members who wish to have all of their Flybys points transferred automatically to Velocity Frequent Flyer. Flybys members who opt in to Velocity Auto-Transfer by the 31st of January 2021 will have their entire Flybys balance transferred immediately to Velocity at a rate of 500 Velocity points for every 1,000 Flybys points, so that's 2 to 1. And that's a 15% improvement over the normal transfer rate, which is 2,000 Flybys points converting to 870 Velocity points. By opting in now, you'll also earn triple velocity status credits at Coles until the 31st of January next year. So instead of earning one status credit per $100, up to 10 per month, you would earn three status credits per $100 spent at Coles over the next two months, up to 30 status credits per month. However, the promotional transfer rate and the triple status credits offer only apply until the end of January next year. After then, the conversion of flybys points and the earning of status credits will be back to the normal rates, and your flybys points balance will have been completely cleared out and sent to velocity, so there is a trade-off there. That's what's making news on Australian Frequent Flyer this fortnight. For regular news updates and deals, do subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook, and you'll find all the details and regular news updates at australianfrequentflyer.com.au. Less than two weeks after Qantas launched a status match, Virgin Australia has pretty much copied with a status match of its own. So if you have Velocity Gold or Platinum status, you can now apply to get that matched by Qantas. And likewise, Velocity Frequent Flyers Discover Gold offer, as they're calling it, is now available to Qantas Gold, Platinum and Platinum One members. Now the Discover Gold offer expires on the 21st of December this year. Eligible Qantas Frequent Flyers who take advantage of the Discover Gold offer will receive complimentary Velocity Gold status for three months. This comes with benefits including lounge access, priority boarding, bonus velocity points, additional baggage allowance, and fly ahead when flying with Virgin Australia. Although, as I noted before, only three Virgin lounges are currently open in Australia. 
To earn full Velocity Gold status for another 12 months after that, you would then need to earn at least 80 status credits and take at least one eligible Virgin Australia flight within that 90-day Discover Gold trial period. Just to give you an idea, any return Virgin Australia business class flight anywhere in Australia would get you at least 100 status credits, which is more than enough to qualify for this challenge. And at the moment, you can pick up business class tickets on routes like Sydney to Ballina and Sydney to Coffs Harbour for less than $700 returns. It's $349 one way to be exact. You could also get there with a few economy class flights combined with uh, some status credits earned by shopping at Coles. And if you take advantage of that Flybys auto transfer deal um, and shop at Coles over the next few months, that would already get you up to 60 status credits um, over this month and the next one. Family pooling status credits also count. If you complete the challenge, you earn those 80 status credits within three months, you'll not only receive Velocity Gold status for another 12 months, but you'll also be able to gift Velocity Gold status to a friend or family member also for 12 months. That's quite a unique feature. That's not something Qantas is offering. And if you don't complete the challenge, you'll still get 12 months of Velocity Silver status after that trial period ends anyway, so you at least get something even if you don't complete the challenge. It's certainly an interesting offer, and you're eligible to apply even if you've already got a, uh, an Explore Gold or a Pilot Gold um, offer through Velocity in the past. Although you do have to wonder if it's enough to convince Qantas flyers to make the switch at a time when Virgin is closing most of its air- or many of its airport lounges and is still serving those crappy snack boxes instead of meals in, in business class. Velocity now seems to have realised that many of its own existing frequent flyers have taken up the Qantas status match, and so it also has to do something to keep them flying with Virgin. And so at the same time as it launched the status match earlier this week, Virgin has launched also a new promotion giving an incentive to existing Velocity Gold and Platinum members to fly with Virgin over the coming months. Virgin's tagline for this promo is that any airline can match a member status, but no airline can match our service. It's a big claim and clearly a direct dig at Qantas. And it's also quite telling, I think, that Silver Velocity members who cannot apply for the Qantas status match are excluded from this latest promotion. But as part of of this new promotion for existing Velocity members, Velocity Gold and Platinum members can now receive an automatic extension, another extension of their Velocity status until the end of March 2022 if they take at least one Virgin Australia marketed and operated flight by the 28th of March 2021. If existing Velocity Gold and Platinum members take two flights, they'll also get 5,000 bonus Velocity points as an extra gift. And for Gold members that take three flights by the 28th of March next year, they'll then get unlimited Economy X upgrades until the 28th of March for any further flights they take. And if you're a Platinum Velocity member, you'll get an opportunity to use your complimentary business class upgrades when flying on any ticket type, including the cheap getaway fares, um, if you take at least three flights by the 28th of March. There are various terms and conditions to be eligible for this offer. For example, your current Velocity membership review date would need to fall between the 1st of January and the 31st of December 2021, and you would need to have held Velocity or Gold Uh, gold or platinum status before the 31st of March this year. Now, if you're not eligible, though, there is one other way that you might be able to get an extension of your velocity status if you were a silver, gold or platinum member back in March this year. Now, at the time, you might remember Virgin promised that they would automatically renew your membership for 12 months when your next review date came up. 
But if you had already earned enough status credits to renew anyway, you wouldn't have benefited from that particular offer. Now, if this applies to you, you can now contact Velocity and request to get that 12-month extension applied at the end of your next membership year. Velocity doesn't have an official policy on this, but AFF members that have reported that Velocity is extending memberships upon request if you couldn't take advantage of the offer earlier in the year. And that's being done on a discretionary case-by-case basis, but in general, Velocity is approving it if you qualify. So if you think you maybe might be able to benefit from this, you can call or email the Velocity Membership Contact Centre. And don't forget, if you're currently a Qantas Frequent Flyer Silver Gold Platinum or Platinum One member, you can also get that extra 12-month status extension from Qantas, which was announced a couple of weeks ago. If you book um, at least one Qantas flight, new Qantas flight, so on a new booking, and travel before the end of your current membership year, Qantas will extend your membership for another 12 months, as long as your current membership year ends between the uh, 31st of March 2021 and the 31st of December 2021. But yeah, so if you currently have Velocity or Qantas status, um, both both Qantas and Virgin are, are trying to attract your business at the moment. It's good to see a bit of competition, I guess. So if you currently have Qantas status, you do have that opportunity to get your status extended. You you can also get a Velocity status match and vice versa. If you have Velocity gold or platinum status, Virgin now wants your business, but so does Qantas. So you, you have options. This is like the this is a good opportunity if you want to switch to do so. Um, or otherwise to cement your status for another um, little while. Or if you're like me, do both. I'm certainly going to be extending my corner status. And I've also taken up the um, Virgin Australia match, so we'll see how that goes. But certainly if you're undecided about which airline you think you'll be flying with in the coming years, now's a pretty good opportunity to put your eggs in both baskets. Did you know that you can get more from your Australian Frequent Flyer membership by upgrading to Silver or Gold membership? For just $50 a year, Silver members see no advertisements on the vast majority of community forum pages. And for only $75 a year, in addition, Gold members can receive discounted travel goods and services valued at over $400 a year, including discounts on Qantas Club, NordVPN, Expert Flyer and more. Most importantly, by upgrading your Australian Frequent Flyer membership, though, you'll be supporting the website and this podcast. For more information, visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au forward slash upgrade. Well, it's the final episode for this year, so I thought I'd like to end on a positive note. My guest on today's podcast is Chris Bonellis, a first officer for Virgin Australia on the Boeing 737, who's based in Sydney. Chris posts on AFF under the handle Aviator Insight, and if you've read the popular Ask the Pilot thread, you've probably come across some of his insightful posts on there. The last time I had Chris Bonellis on the podcast, back in episode 36, it was May 2020, and Chris, like so many airline pilots, had been stood down from work. But with most state borders now reopening and Virgin Australia now ramping flights back up under its new owners, pilots like Chris are now finally able to return to work. And Chris has agreed kindly to come back on the podcast for a chat today. Welcome back to AFF On Air, Chris. Thanks very much, Matt. Always good to be here. So what have you been doing over the downtime you've had over the last few months? Well, I guess, well, it was nice to stay at home, um, be a stay-at-home dad for a while. I, I did miss interacting with people, 
Um, and it was more for my mental health, more than anything, that uh, I managed to find a job. Uh, I've been looking for at least the last six months, um, yeah, just in, in anything that I could get my hands on. But um, I found a job working in a book print, printing factory. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so it, it definitely has been an eye-opener, very different to an aviation uh, company. Uh, but I'm just very grateful that the company even gave me the opportunity to work on a casual basis uh, and also be flexible with my commitments uh, that I still do need to hold with Virgin. So you found out recently that you're going to be brought back from uh, being stood down early. Um, how like, how did um, Virgin let you know and sort of how, how did you feel when you found out? Uh, they basically let me know in an email um, and then asking me if I wanted to, to come back early. So they gave us stand-down letters until the 24th of January. Um, but basically they, they've needed people to, to ramp back up uh, again. The demand has come back a lot quicker than they thought, which is great. Um, so that that's basically how I found out. No, that's really exciting news, and I'm really happy that you and, and other pilots are able to get back in the air. Um, that's, that's, that's really fantastic. It's obviously been now a little while since you have flown. Are you still um, able just to get back in the cockpit now, or because it has been a while, do you need to do some extra training to be able to get back into the cockpit? Uh, I definitely need to get extra training. Uh, so it's been about five months since my last flight. So to do that, I need to do three consecutive sessions in the simulator, uh, each of those will consist of a one-hour brief and then followed by four hours in the simulator. So it'll be 12 hours overall. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing with these sim sessions is uh, it's very heavily based on training. Uh, and the theme I think they gave us was back to basics. So given that it's been a long time between flights for a lot of crew, it, it'll be very focused on training rather than just checking. So do you know what kind of activities you'll be doing in the, in the simulators? Yeah, absolutely. So in the first sim, it, it's full on. So we'll cover things like low visibility operations, uh, one engine, inoperative, hand-flown, no autopilot um, approaches. So that means there's no flight director guidance and literally going back to basics. Um, there'll be recovery from undesirable situations, so things like jet upset, wind shear, TCAS, that sort of thing. Uh, emergency descents from a depressurization up at altitude, engine failures at various stages of the flight, so takeoff, climb uh, on final, and then that session will finish up with circuits, so which will be full on. Um, and that's all yeah, in four and, hours. Yeah, that, that's all in four hours. Uh, the circuits is actually the most fun um, part, of, part of the session. So have you got to go up to Virgin Headquarters in Brisbane to do those sims? I do, yeah. So that uh, it's not like they give us a choice of where to go, but I've been rostered to go up to Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, do you have to do sort of a final check flight before you get put back onto the line? Yep. So the third sim session is the check, the the check in the sim, uh, which is basically uh, it'll be a whole myriad of of things that we've done in the last two days. Uh, but then after that then I'll have to conduct two sectors with a training captain in the actual aircraft, um, which is basically just a supervision flight. It's just to make sure that all my normal procedures are up to scratch, uh, and then following successful completion of that, then I'll be checked to line again and ready to conduct my first flight in the new year. Okay. Do you know when and where you'll be flying to when you, when you do that first flight? The first one will be down to Launceston and back. 
Ah, nice. Yeah, so that, that'll be on Friday. Um, yeah, unless they change it. <laughs> um, yeah, which is probably likely at the moment, just because given that there's a lot of uh, demand and yeah, so at the moment it's planned for Launceston, but it could change. Okay. Do you feel sort of mentally ready to get back into the cockpit? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been ready for, for ages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to get back up and flying. It's it's something I've missed dearly. I've never had this much time off before, so yeah, really ready to get back. Yeah, and and you said you um, sort of picked up an extra job um, at a printer. Are they okay with you sort of going back, you know, back to work for Virgin now? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I was up front with them right from the start and, you know, I was sort of, this is not my ideal job. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um, and they were really cool. They just needed help. And uh, I was there, there at the right time and basically just, yeah, helped them out. So um, they're happy to help me out as well and let me go back to work to do oh, what I love. That's great. Do you know if other Virgin Ham pilots have had similar experiences to you? Yeah. A lot of the guys uh, have been working for Coles as delivery truck drivers. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of them also harvesting as well this year um, at the regional centres. Uh, some of them got jobs in working on mine sites. So it's yeah, been able to, to go all, all over the place actually. Yeah, oh, it's really varied. No, that, that's good. Mm. So on a sort of a broader level, so we talked a bit about what you as a as a seven three seven pilot need to do to regain your currency and to be able to get back flying. Um, yeah. It must be a, a huge challenge for the airline now. Suddenly, demands come back and they need to put on you know all these extra flights um, to get uh, to ramp back up the operations in terms of preparing the aircraft, all the staff, the you know the airports and things. Um, yeah. I guess can you talk me through about like sort of what the airline has to do to prepare to ramp back up the operations? Yeah, absolutely. So on some level, even though we didn't really stop, it's just more of a reduced capacity, like a skeleton staff operation. So. Uh, the fact that we were also an administration hindered the ramp up. Uh, so now that Bain have taken the keys, things are moving very quickly uh, and demand is also coming back quick. So to give you an idea, like pre-COVID, we were around 20,000 hours of flying for the company per month on average. Mm-hmm. So the flying hours achieved per month on average were close to about 3,000 during COVID. And then in the month of December, it's going to be around 8,500. And then in January... Uh, projected around 13,000. Oh, wow. So, okay. so yeah, about 65% so of pre-COVID levels by next that, month. Yeah, yep, which is enormous. Um, so basically, to ramp up that quick, there's a huge emphasis on training uh, across all departments of the business. So for example, uh, engineering and aircraft servicing have been really busy transitioning the aircraft out of parking programs to prep mm. them for re-entering service. Mm. Uh, on the ramp... There's been more than 2,000 hours of refresher and upskill training uh, that's taken place across the airports in the past two months. Uh, group Medical and COVID Safe Committee, they're continuing to work with health authorities, stakeholders to ensure that we appropriately manage our return to work programs uh, and also the risk base as well in response to the pandemic. So it's just really uh, focused on training. Yeah. So what does it actually take if you've had a 737 parked with, you know, covers on the engines for the last six months? What does it take to actually bring that up into a state where it can fly again? Honestly, I'm, I'm not too sure um, okay. uh, about that. I know there's a lot of heavy maintenance that needs to go into it um, that the engineers need to check, and it does take them quite a long time. It's not like they just turn the engines on and away you go. There's a lot of checking that needs to be done uh, thoroughly over the aircraft before it can be returned to service. Um 
but and I know that it does take a lot of man hours for, for them to actually uh, get it prepped. So the fact that they're all working around the clock as well to get these aircraft up and running again is, is just a testament to them. Yeah, and it's absolutely great news. I mean, I think everyone's happy to see planes back in the skies and, and you guys back at work. It's it's really, really good news. I guess yeah. my my final question to you would be, has 2020 taught you anything um, new or maybe something that you didn't quite expect? Well, I guess I always thought that my job in aviation was as safe as they come. Uh, I hadn't really seen anything like this in my career before. And this year I was proved very, very wrong. Um, so it's been a huge awakening for me. And I remember JB747 said that uh, pilots should have a qualification in a trade or something else not linked to flying at all. And that advice has proved to be the best piece of advice throughout the entire pandemic. And it is one that I'll be taking into the future um, for myself and also uh, giving to the, the next generation of pilots that come through. Yeah. Well, Chris Bornellis, thanks so much for coming back on the podcast and giving us that update. And yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm so happy to see that you're able to um, get back into the skies very soon. All the best. No worries, Matt. Thanks very much for having me. That's just about all for this final episode of AFF on Air for 2020. 2020 has certainly been a challenging year, but we did get through it and for sure there's going to be better times ahead. At this point, I'd like to say thank you so much for your support uh, throughout the year and for listening to me each fortnight. I hope this podcast has been interesting and hopefully you've learned something from it. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast throughout the year, please do write a quick review on Apple Podcasts. I really do enjoy reading them and, and very much appreciate those who've taken the time to do so. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be taking a short break from this podcast over the Christmas holidays, but we will be back next year with a slightly new look. The next episode of AFF On Air will be in your podcast feed on Saturday, the 23rd of January, 2021. Now, just finally, if you're going to be travelling over the summer, I hope you have a really enjoyable and safe trip. Last Christmas, uh, so in 2019, I flew halfway across the world from Austria with a stopover in China of all places to surprise my family in Australia and New Zealand. It was just a quick trip there and the week before Christmas and then back to Austria after Christmas. And at the time, I really didn't think much of, of travelling halfway across the world. But if this year has taught me anything, it's really that travel is an enormous privilege. It's not a right, and we should never take it for granted. And this Christmas, I'm thankful that I can even travel just from New South Wales to Queensland. So 2020 has been full of surprises, and at times it has been depressing, but I think all Australians can be proud that we've been able to reach a point where most of us are at least able to travel safely interstate to visit our loved ones this Christmas. With any luck, the final Australian border from South Australia to Western Australia will come down at midnight on Christmas Day. And now wouldn't that just be an extra cause for celebration on Christmas if that does happen? On that note, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and I'll be back in your podcast feed next year. 